Hi, and welcome back to the Teach for the Heart podcast. I'm your host, Linda Cardamus, and I'm here to give you the ideas and inspiration you need to overcome your teaching challenges and make a lasting difference in your students' hearts and lives. This season is all about common challenges that teachers face every day in the classroom, from dealing with parents to feeling discouraged to managing homework and everything in between. This week, we're talking about a little bit of a lighter topic, but something that comes up all the time, and that is review games. Now, you might be thinking, uh, what's the challenge about review games? But here's what I run into. You know, students often want to play a game, right? They're really excited about it. You get those whiny voices, can we play a game? You know, asking it a million bazillion times. And review games can be great for students. It can really help break up... um, Not that I'm saying your class is monotonous, but break up the routine, provide something a little bit different, um, get them excited. But I don't know about you, but when it comes time to review, it's I do not want to waste time with a game when we desperately need to review um, what the students need to learn and know um, typically it's the day before a test or um, it's important, right? If I'm taking time out of class to review, it's because the review is really important. And honestly, I think it's a really it can be a really big teaching mistake when we play a review game that spends more time on the game than it does on the review. You know, you spend the major- you end up spending the majority of the class period explaining the rules, trying to keep order, and then watching kids run around the room with erasers on their heads. They're having a blast, but all too soon the bell rings and you've only reviewed half of what you needed to. And then your kids bomb the test. So (laughs) this is not what we want. But the good news is that review games don't have to be a waste of time. You can choose games that focus on the questions themselves while spending a minimal amount of time on the game part. And when you do that, you can add some excitement into your test prep without sacrificing the actual review, which is the point of what you're doing. So here are seven review games that use time effectively and do not waste it. The first game is uh, doesn't have an official name. I call it Just Give Points. <laughs> Here's how it works. You simply divide the class into two or two teams or honestly, however many you want, and you just start asking questions. You call on the first hand that's raised, and if he or she gets it right, their team gets a point, and you can just keep score on the board. If it's wrong, the other teams get a chance to answer. Um, you simply keep a tally on the board, and the team with the most points wins. It's such a simple game. It takes like zero extra time, but students like it because it adds the extra interest, especially if you offer some sort of prize to the team who wins. Um, number two, personal using personal whiteboards. Oh my goodness. My students, especially my sixth graders, absolutely loved this game. And once again, it takes hardly any extra time. So this does require, though, a little bit of supplies, but um, it's not that difficult. If you're if you're willing to invest a little bit of money, um, you can purchase mini whiteboards. They're about the size of a sheet of paper, maybe slightly bigger, and dry erase markers enough for every single student in your class. And I link to an example in the in the in the post that goes along with this episode at teachfortheheart.com. Um, 
slash review games. But anyhow, so if, if you if you have money, um, you can actually buy one. Um, but if you don't want to, oh, if you don't have the money or, you know, that's not something you want to invest in, you can also create your own whiteboards just by laminating sheets of cardboard um, or cardstock. Um, so I don't know, cardboard probably wouldn't work. Cardstock. <laughs> um, so you just laminate sheets of cardstock and then students would use wet erase markers on the lamination instead of dry erase markers on a whiteboard. Either way, you have the whiteboards. Here's how the game works. So you ask a question out loud and the students write the answers on their board and hold them up. Uh, the first correct answer wins a point for their team. Um, the kids absolutely love this game. They love it to death. Um, and it works great for just review, like trivia, not trivia questions, but, you know, just simple um, recall. And it also works well for practicing math problems because they can work it out and have it right there as well. Game number three is called Race at the Board. Once again, you divide the class into two or three teams. One representative from each team comes to the board, and you need to keep it in order. It's not like they get to pick who goes. It's just the next person in line. You ask a question, or you can give a math problem if it's something like that, and the first person to write the answer correct, the correct answer on the board wins a point for their team. Here's the catch, though. The students at the board can't just keep writing answers. They only get one try. So if all two or three people at the board get the answer wrong, then it goes back to the audience. So you're kind of doing two things simultaneously. While the students at the board are trying to write down the answer, you also have the audience. And if the audience has the answer, they raise their hand. And so the first person who raised their hand in the audience, um, if no one at the board gets it, you default to them. Now, it's a little bit sometimes hard sometimes to tell, um, but it's, it's not too bad. It works pretty well. And normally someone at the board gets it. Um, only caveat in this game is make sure you keep the game moving. You don't want to waste time from students going up to and from the board. Um, but as long as you just stay on them, you say always next person, always be ready, get up here quickly. Um, it, it works pretty well. Game number four is a group work contest. Okay. In this set, you assign a set of questions or problems to be answered, and they work in groups for a set amount of time. The group with the most correct answers at the end of the time wins. Honestly, you're really just adding a contest to a regular assignment, but it's a nice, um, fun twist on just giving an assignment, especially if it comes with a prize like bonus points, a homework pass, or just candy. Game number five, I call Unwheel of Fortune. So it's basically Wheel of Fortune, but there's no wheel. <laughs> you have a phrase for the students to solve. It can be a random phrase, but it's even better if it's maybe a key term or concept you've been studying. You um, you write, go ahead and write it out on the board. You put in the blanks for the phrase. And then you divide the team into two teams and ask questions to each student going back and forth. So you ask team one a question, then you ask team two a question, etc. And it goes actually to individual students. So you don't just ask, you could or you could ask the whole team, but it normally works better and more quickly if you just ask each student has a turn. If the student gets it wrong, you go on to the next team and you keep going back and back until the student gets it right. When a student answers correctly, you give one point to their team, and then you allow them to choose a letter. You award additional points for every time the letter appears. So let me give an example. Let's say uh, Gavin gets the answer right, and then he guesses E, and there's three E's. 
he gets one point for having the answer correct, plus three more points for the three E's. So his turn gives a total of four points to his team. Someone else might get the answer right, but then their letter doesn't show up. They would get one point for their team. So you go back and forth. Um, once again, if the student gets it wrong, you go to the other team, awarding points for correct answers as well as letters. And the students at any time can guess the puzzle. And I normally let the whole team work together on guessing the puzzle. And when a team guesses the puzzle, they get five points for solving it. And the game probably is, unless you really want this game to be short, um, there's probably times to do multiple puzzles um, during the review. Game number six is Jeopardy. And most of you know how Jeopardy works. But here's the thing. You might be thinking that in order to play Jeopardy with your class, this takes a lot of prep work on the on your part. You might be thinking, well, I have to write out like 20 questions on the back of note cards. You actually don't. Now, the you do need to have a game board, either a virtual one or an actual one. So that does take prep to set up a game board. But actually, you only need to set up the game board once because really, if you have a game board, the only thing you need to have ready before the review is the categories because you don't actually need to have questions ready as long as you're pretty familiar with what you're teaching and what you're reviewing. So, so here's what I mean by that. When a student chooses state capitals for 200, you don't have to have that question ready to go. You can simply glance through your notes for an easy state capital, right? Or if they say verb, if they choose verbs for 2,000 points, um, then you're thinking of a harder question involving verbs. So you can make up the questions on the spot, um, assuming that you really know your material well. Um, So I guess I give a slight caution. If you don't think well on your feet, then this is not a good game for you. But um, for a lot of teachers, it'd be no problem. And finally, game number seven is around the world. This is a classic individual game, but it works so well. So the first two students, in case you don't know how this works, I'll try to explain it. The first two students that are seated right seated right next to each other pair off against each other. You ask a question and whoever shouts the answer first wins. The winner then stands up and moves to the next contestant. So they go and walk by the person, the next person in the row. The goal is to move as many seats as possible before getting an answer wrong, in which case the losing student sits down in the seat of the person who beat them. The game would ideally, and then that student that just won, then goes to stand by the next student and see how many seats they can move. Now, ideally, this game would continue until one of the students makes it all the way, quote unquote, around the world and gets all the way back to their seat. But that rarely happens in the time allowed. Normally, the game simply ends when time is up and whoever has traveled the furthest wins. So there's seven fun games that you can play with your classroom, with your class that waste very little time, but still add some excitement to the process. So the next time those little voices whine, can we play a game? You can give an excited sure um, and have no fear or guilt that you'll be neglecting their education in the process. I know I went through those games pretty quickly, so if you'd like to see those explained again, um, just head over to the post at teachfortheheart.com slash review, uh, review games, teachfortheheart.com slash review games, and you can reread the explanation, and feel free to ask any follow-up questions if you have any about them. 
And if you have a favorite review game that doesn't waste time either, we'd love to have you share it in the comments at teachfortheheart.com slash review games. Thank you so much for being here. It's been a pleasure uh, speaking with you today. And if you are listening to this podcast just on the Teach for the Heart website, I want to encourage you to find us, find the Teach for the Heart podcast in your podcast app on your on your iPhone or the Stitcher app on your Android phone. Um, Your iPhone, if you're not aware of podcasts, already comes with an app right there on your phone. And if you find the Teach for the Heart podcast there and subscribe to it, it'll download the podcast for you every week. So it's super convenient and easy to locate and listen to on the go, as opposed to needing your computer out and ready every time you listen. It's been a pleasure speaking with you today. I pray that you will have a great week and I look forward to you to, hear, to seeing you again on the podcast. In the meantime, keep growing, keep striving. You really are making a difference.